That's, that's, that's the idea is that if you establish better default, um, it, they don't have to be like the highest level, but if you establish better default, then you don't have to think about it. You, know, you don't want to spend your whole day thinking about how can I be better? You just establish a few key uh, default behaviors and then things fall into place. Then like your baseline level is, is much higher. Mm. Um, and then you get to actually grow from there instead of constantly, you know, falling backwards you want to try and avoid this i don't know for lack of a better word um regression of self you know? mm. want to be improving in life from the lucha podcast network this is the mass startup podcast the mass startup podcast profiles the most talented creators impactful entrepreneurs and high-performing professionals with the purpose to drive insights learnings and tactics to help you build the things that you believe in. I'm writing about business and startups because of how much it's just hard to avoid them. You know, it's like uh, it's everywhere. You can see them. Like at the core of it, what is business and startups? Mm-hmm. And there's this there's this um, quote from the the, the modern day father of habits, uh, James Clear, mm-hmm. where he says that. Entrepreneurship is self-improvement disguised as business. I agree with that. Like, I'm so obsessed with that line because what I've started to realize is like, it's like an incubation program, but it's something that you sign up for and and you just don't know what's going to happen and you hope that you have all the answers, but at the same time, you're not supposed to. You know, the other day I was thinking to myself like, so I'm trying to build this like uh, podcast network and like... um, you know, multiple channels and mm. talent and like really great content and try and grow the audiences and this and that. And I found myself judging myself for the fact that I didn't know how to build a media company. And then in my mind, I was like, who the fuck do I think I am to think that I have? <laughs> no one, very few people in the world can exactly. answer the question, hey, how do I build a media company? Exactly. How do you contextualize that thing of just like yo (laughs) you're not supposed to know these things (laughs) exactly and and there's a thing too right is that for me it's like the best lived life is like a life of intention and it's easy for someone to be like i'm gonna hit snooze but it's very hard for someone to decline like a calendar invite like doing work right because like there's this contract that they feel they can't break Mm. um so that's that's why business and, and startups and entrepreneurship is such a like a hack at like improving yourself because you enter into a contract to improve yourself mm. because if you don't your ideas are going to fall over and you know for some reason we take that more personally than just being like oh i just want to be a better tabang i want to be you know a better shooter because 
there's like there's there's other people with skin in the game. There's like visible stakes, and that's like a hard conversation to have with ourselves. Um, when you think about like building a life of intention, what does that mean to you? It's about drilling down, like uh, oftentimes to why is something important to me. Mm. You know, um, I want to wake up early, but why? Right? Am I really doing that authentically because it's something I want to do? What am I getting out of it? Am I just trying to signal that, oh, yeah, I'm also an early riser? Um, what opportunity am I granting myself? Right? Um, and if I can live within that small area of truths where everything I do is driven uh, with intention to be more of myself, then that's a life of intention. Mm. Uh, and I, I contended with that a lot when I was in university uh, and I was studying computer science and I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. I, I didn't even know how I got into it, you know. Mm. I, ha- I have an article on my blog about uh, the journey of 100 Rand, which is about how my, uh, my mentor in grade 12, who's an uh, English teacher, gave me 100 Rand to apply to UCT after I said, I don't want to apply to any universities. Mm. I want to go to college, uh, do some IT thing, and do that on the side or, or during the day while I p- pursue a career in radio because that was like my true passion for a very long time. But here I was, after being talked into applying, getting in, being the only university I applied for, and I'm doing computer science, and I hate it. Mm. And I'm questioning, why the hell... Why the hell am I here? You know, mm. uh, and that led me down assessing all the intentionality in my life and what these choices actually um, end up uh, allowing us to be. Um, and it took a long time, and but then eventually I just you know realized that who you are um, will shift from time to time. Yeah. So the only thing that's consistent is being able to drill down and be like, does this reflect the version of myself I want to live out? Am I casting a vote to be my true self? Mm. And that's intentionality. And it's going to be different, right? Am I casting a vote to be my true self? Yeah, every day. Every small mm. choice. Uh, you're casting a vote. When I say I want to wake up at five in the morning and I hit snooze the following day, I just cast a vote towards not doing that, mm. which in turn cast a vote towards being the kind of person that doesn't grant themselves the opportunity to wake up in the morning and get to write. Because that's what I'm truly trying to do, right? Mm. I'm not waking up at five because I want to wake up at five. I'm waking up at five because I want to pay myself first. Mm. I want to be that kind of person. And I'm writing in the morning because I want to be the kind of person who writes. Um, do you think like this speaks to just how, you know, the difference between motivation and discipline as well? So like just how it's very easy to be motivated, but it's yeah. very hard to be disciplined. So yeah. it's easy to do, you know, the 5 a.m. wake up, you know, the first time, mm. the second time, yeah. the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, 21st time. Yeah. It's a different game. Yeah. 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 100%. Uh, and if you look at it too, it's like motivation oftentimes is external. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's fleeting and discipline is... It's, it's a deep thing, you know, it's about why you're doing this. Like, discipline, man, it's, it's, one, of the, it's one of the best hacks, you know. And, and it's, it's a kindness um, because discipline now uh, gets you all those things later that you actually do find motivating. Um, 
So very often, you know, um, especially like now, like twenties, uh, like th- there's so much ahead of us, you know. I don't see it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I keep posting this, just like we think we have time. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, uh, in terms of uh, experiences, mm. right? It's you have seemingly more experiences before you than you know behind you. And mm. this this line shifts as you as you get older, where it's like, ah, oh, I have more behind me than you know, so on. So it's very easy to be like just compelled and driven by motivations during this time, uh, and have all these fleeting moments of like, oh, cool, I can do this thing, mm. uh, and then it it rains, and then you go back to being that lowest denominator version of yourself. Um, but we all know, like, that's that's not gonna cut it. You know, yeah. like we all have all these goals and the people who actually achieve these goals aren't the people who just have them, you know, the people who actually have processes in place, people who are disciplined. Um, and that discipline is driven by this whatever while you might have behind that thing. Uh, and when you think of like that lowest common denominator version of yourself, mm. do you think, do you look at that with judgment or more so with like kindness? That's like one of my biggest struggles, um, because uh, it's a uh, my, my therapist helped me work through this a lot because almost every other week I find myself repeating the same patterns of beating up on myself when I you know make a mistake. Um, but what I do try to do when I'm being the best version or a better version of myself is that um, when I falter in something and I don't I don't do it. That's an opportunity to be kind. That's an opportunity to improve that muscle of being kind because mm. that, that that that's a habit. Um so if I don't wake up at the time I meant to wake up and I keep going back to this waking up example because like this it's such, it's such a keystone habit, you know, um that's like it just informs everything else for me. But if I don't wake up at five today, cool, you know, that's fine. Mm. That's that's a pass. If it doesn't happen tomorrow, then I start to think about it. Uh, why am I not waking up at five? You know, is it is it um, is it because I need to be a bit kinder to myself um, in in a softer way? Uh, but it's like, oh cool, just 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 allow it. This is the season we're in. It's December. You know, relax, have a beer too. Or <laughs> do I need to be kind to myself in the other direction and hold myself accountable and uh, assess? Okay, cool. Am I not waking up at five anymore? Because it's no longer important for me as a as a habit. It's, it's no longer serving me. But it's always this constant like balance, this constant battle between being kind to yourself and holding yourself accountable. And for a long time, I tried to like dispel myself of this. Like I need to be one way. You know, if I if I commit to this, that's it. Mm. If, and if I falter, ah man. But it, and I learned, oh cool. No, you need that tension. That tension is what creates growth. Because if you wake up every day at five, you know, or go to gym every day and nothing changes, uh, you learn nothing. You know, mm. it's just, it's just another thing to the list. Um, I haven't meditated in like a month. You know, the first week I was like, I felt, I felt bad. I felt like super bad. Like, oh man, uh, if I if I don't do this, I know something bad's gonna happen. And I was like, no. What if I stop? Yeah. What if I break this? 
two and a half year streak of meditating and just you know, stop mm. and allow it to call me back to it uh, and, and, and see what is the importance of this thing in my life. What gap is it creating? Not meditating and not much, right? Because like what it was instilling in me, the ability to be mindful and be here, that's, that's there. It's not going to disappear. Mm. So what I've instead developed is this confidence and trust in myself, which then, you know, informs the rest of my life. So now these things, these are acts of holding myself accountable and improving myself, it's not a crutch. You know, I'm not just running from one self-help book to the other. Mm. I'm embodying these philosophies because I'm giving myself the space to interrogate them. So it, it becomes part of you rather than just like something that you constantly need to reinforce. And like you're raising the standard of what your common most denominator version of yeah. yourself actually is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and that's, that's, that's the idea, is that if you establish better defaults, um, it, they don't have to be like the highest level, but if you establish better defaults, then you don't have to think about it. You, know? you don't want to spend your whole day thinking about how can I be better? You just establish a few key uh, default behaviors and then things fall into place. Then like your baseline level is, is much higher. Mm. Um, and then you get to actually grow from there instead of constantly, you know, falling backwards. You want to try and avoid this, I don't know, for lack of a better word, um, regression of self. You, know? mm. you want to be improving in life, you know, because, you know, you're facing, we're facing um, chaos in this life, <laughs> you know? Um, just talk about um, the writing, right? Like, yeah. I knew you mainly for being part of an engineering team and like that's what yeah. you professionally do as well. But you do a lot of writing, mostly about life, mostly yeah. about just like philosophies around mm-hmm. how to operate as well. Um, how did that start and also what do you want to achieve there? Yeah. Um, eventually, uh, what I want to do is just be some kind of coach, mm. you know, and I don't know what that looks like, but I do know that this behavior aligns with that person mm. who is, is there serving people and helping them be like the best version of themselves. And that's kind of how it originally um, came about. I was like, oh, cool. I can't quit my job and go and do therapy and coaching things and start a private practice, right? So what can I do now to make sure I'm trending in that direction over you know, a long period of time? So the, the, the writing started that way. And it's very accessible uh, as a medium for sharing. You, know, you just need a way to write and share your work, and it mm. can be on any medium. And it's, it forces the person who wants to engage with it to engage with it. You, know, you can't passively read. <laughs> you know? Unlike podcasts. Yeah, you know? um, so I wanted, it, I wanted the people who engage with it too to have some skin in the game and be like, okay, cool. I'm actually going to engage in this bit mm. of work. Um, and that's how it began. But like, the greater thing too uh, is that I have a deep interest in nation building as mm. an abstract concept, you know, maybe community building. Um, and like, companies are like a smaller version of this, you know, we get all these little politics and different things that feed the beast that allow it to exist. Um, and writing was one way for me to explore some of that. Mm. Um, you know, 
why what motivates us as people is it the same thing is it a a a a line through that um and you know i don't want to bore all my friends with these conversations so i make it an opt-in opportunity if you if you are keen on this i have an article on that you know mm. um and yeah it just uh, it just stuck with me because it, in the beginning my passion was like podcasts you know that's how i started you know mm. listening to freakonomics and them talking about super abstract things like why are robots the color that they are like um traffic lights mm. why why those three colors and all these little small things it's like a general you know interest uh and then yeah naturally i just uh floated towards uh writing and uh when yeah. you think about like um your career versus this i wouldn't say it's a side hustle but like a really you know labor of love that you really mm. work on how do you reconcile the two parts of yourself that splits in that way right like this creative writing very focused on helping people improve themselves versus you know <laughs> engineering writing code yeah. designing whatever it is right like how do you reconcile those different parts of yourself there are a few common threads you know uh, that kind of inform each other um like what does one write about you know you write about life uh, and you live life during the day not when you're writing so that it's it's kind of this back and forth relationship and then when you're writing well, what happens when you're writing you get to distill ideas you get to this um um clarity of thought uh, which then informs you know how you approach your day to day work um so it it could have been anything really that I did every day but the real the real um thing that I think one needs to pursue is uh is mastery um my work gives me a easy way to pursue mastery gives me an easy way to build up leverage that I can translate into whatever comes next in my life and the writing um gives me the opportunity to just like sit down and assess and uh, you know think things through and think about the meta aspect of um of my day to day you know mm-hmm. um and what you find out too if you know once you pursue any form of mastery or career is that almost everything is it's the same thing you know when when you're doing things and you're trying to do them at a very high level they they all start to look alike mm. they quickly stop being about the core competencies as a early uh, as a junior engineer uh, a big part of your or well, all of your workload is writing code understanding code understanding trade-offs of that specific code and then by year 4 5 you start looking up and realizing this is not really about code you know there's many more things in conversation here you know it's uh the people who think this bit of code that's being written is the correct solution as the people who are telling them what their problem is you know there's all these small things interacting mm. and then if you want to be a good uh engineer you know just within that scope you realize that your only job is in writing code you know mm. the next level is understanding the great thing um and uh if you don't have you know some people naturally figure it out how to you know navigate all these different things uh so they they just go ahead and they keep on leveling up in their career and just you know stumbling through all of it but not only do i want to you know uh be 
intentional about how I go through these these different sticking points in my career, I wanted to le- to leave um, blueprints, open ended ones, not specific to my career, which you know help out the next time I'm, you know mm-hmm. uh, man uh, navigate these specific things that I that I wanted to do my career because they're not engineering you know specific, um, and uh, what does mastery mean to you? Uh, mastery, yeah. Because I feel like um, we've definitely evolved past just measuring this as being 10,000 hours of doing something, right? Yeah. Like, we've gone beyond that now. It's yeah. like, okay, wait. It's become something else. Yeah. And it's not enough to just do things. It's important to do things extremely well. Yeah. What does it mean to you? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it means different things uh, at different times. Uh, to be fair, I, I have this uh, tattoo, this uh, "Be You, Be Great" tattoo, um, and that too means very different things. But the the common thread is a a constant pursuit of being and doing better. There's always a better way to do it, you know. Like when I'm washing the dishes, I know now not to wash my plate before my my glassware because I don't want my Drinking stuff, smelling like my eating stuff, right? <laughs> it's not, it's not fun. Yeah. Um, I, I know how to stack things to have to make room for the next thing that needs to be washed or or or, uh, or rinsed out. Um, and mastery gives you that uh, across your life. When you pursue mastery in one thing, when you look closely at one thing, it's not, it's not to inform everything else. Everything else just starts, you know, leveling up. It's. Um, it's like uh, buying a new pair of shoes and then wearing it with your old clothes and then you feel bummy. Everything mm. else looks ugly, right? <laughs> it's, it's nearly impossible to pursue mastery in one aspect of life mm. and not have it from everything else. It becomes a, a philosophy across everything else that you actually Exactly, doing. exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it's hard to tie down, but you can see it, you know, and, and you can feel it. Um, and uh, I guess, I guess it's... For a long time, I didn't think I cared about legacy, you know. But at the back of my mind, I always did. Because I care about mastery. And mastery is something you get to leave behind, right? Mm. The world and society gives you with space and peace to, like, pursue life. And at the end of it all, if you were deliberate, if you, were, if you pursued things deep enough, you get to say, hey, with that opportunity that you gave me, here's what I got with my specific perspective and I'd like to share with it with whomever comes next mm. so that they can also you know chart their own course uh, and that's a that's a legacy thing that's like a that's that's the tale of, of humanity you know just doing stuff giving it to the next person helping them do stuff a bit further on and that's uh, what mastery means uh, you know on a on a personal scope you know of how it just it is just a better way, you know. It's just much better to live life that way. It's just much more deliberate, and it gives me a much greater uh, chance to have something to like give back mm. uh, at the end of the day, which is quite important for me. We've talked about intention. We've talked about um, mastery. We've talked about there's something that we spoke about. Oh man, oh it's slipping. Ah, oh, it's going away. <laughs> Intention. 
why am I forgetting the, the there's something in the middle there intention yeah. something mastery <laughs> right yeah, yeah is there something else that you feel like should govern the way people should operate in their lives that you've written about and you you, you think about deeply um, beyond these three things that I'm missing the the one other one yeah I think it's uh it's it's um, selfishness. It's something I'm learning now. Um, and it's kind of a... It's a theme across um, people of the global majority. Yeah, that's what I call people of color. Because, mm. you know, we are people of the uh, global majority. But there's this... Um, there's this need to, like, shrink yourself constantly in relationships... Uh, in workspaces, um, and just not you know taking up enough room. Um, and what people miss in that is that it's not it's not nice, you know, being modest and shrinking yourself in that way. Um, it's and that version is actually the selfish version, right? Because that version means that the true version of yourself, which which could be adding so much value to the people in your lives, um, lives, uh, adding value to the world, it, it, can't, it can't be around. It can't thrive, you know? So you're being selfish by not being selfish, you know? It's like if you're rich and you hog all the money to yourself, that's the worst version of selfishness. If you really want to be selfish, you should be making sure that everybody has a piece so people can come and take all of yours, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, selfishness, I think, is not looked at well enough, you know. Uh, we need to be selfish in how we um, give to ourselves so that there's more of ourselves to give, you know. Because um, if you don't do that, you know, then you're just, like, constantly pouring from an, from a, an empty cup, you know. Mm. You're just uh, priming yourself to be a... Uh, a, an angry person, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out now that um, all these negative emotions, um, like selfishness, like envy, there's, there's this whole deeper side of them that people, you know, ignore, especially in our toxic positivity age of being, is that people don't want to feel these negative things. Mm. Like, these things inform a massive part of you. Um, and that part needs to be taken care of too because if you don't look after all these negative feelings which are trying to inform you of what's missing they still come out right they come out as a resentment to people right you weren't selfish enough to put yourself first and pursue that side hustle and that passion and now when you see someone doing the same thing now you're mad yeah now you're envious uh, that envy isn't the final thing. That envy is a, uh, it's a, it's, it's showing you, hey, you care about that thing. Mm. Why aren't you doing that thing? You know, mm. go, go do that thing. You know, be more selfish. Make room for yourself in your life, um, because in the long term, you know, you're being kind to yourself. Yeah, and other people. It's like uh, not giving someone who works for you uh, negative feedback in the short term until a year later, they're so bad at their job, you have to fire them. Mm. But you just want to be nice, you know? You don't want to make them feel bad about the bad thing that they did in that time. 
but then you just let it compound, you know. But if you're willing to have that seemingly difficult conversation uh, and forego being kind in that, in that moment, then you actually disallow them the opportunity to, you know, do better. You spoke about toxic positivity. What does that mean? Yeah, it's like a... <laughs> it's a... Like, for instance, look at... Um, people like to, uh, you know, engage in... Um, what is this? What is this term? I can't even remember it now. Um, self-care, <laughs> right? Mm. Um, and ignore the other side of self-care. Self-care isn't just, you know... Face masks. Avocado face masks <laughs> and, and, and drinks when, you're, when, when you know, you've been robbing yourself, socializing time. Self-care, the other aspect of it too is like accountability. Uh, like what you did was wrong. You need to like fess up and fix that thing instead of mm-hmm. just like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to hide behind all these good things. The other people just don't want to feel bad. You know, you want to... No matter how many people it might actually hurt or affect, it seems like we've become selfish in the worst kind of way, where it's mm-hmm. like self-care isn't necessarily about taking care of yourself. It, it's become more of about taking care of yourself in spite of who you might hurt. Yeah. Which is dangerous. Yeah, very, very. It's, uh, it, and it's, it's, it's quite the crutch. You don't... Because uh, it's, it's like people who go to therapy and then weaponize it against the people in their lives. You know? Like, mm. you go into therapy to become a better person, not be like, hey, these, what you're doing is uh, making me a shitty person. Uh, what you're doing is doing this, because now you have some language to like, you know, unpack some things. Um, and solely wanting to be happy. And all these things, like, uh, you're not gonna be happy all the time. You know, you're not, you're not gonna get along with everyone. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna have the same opinions as everyone, you know. Um, it, and then that becomes very toxic because you just you, you require to be in a single state. You know, you're like lining yourself up for suffering. Like in in, uh, in Buddhism, suffering is is uh, uh, is seen as um, refusing to accept things as they are. Right. Mm. Um, that suffering happens in that in that space where something happens. You refuse to see it as what it is or you refuse to let it pass you know um but if you practice non-attachment allow things to be ephemeral and and transient and happen and dissipate then you get to experience life in the full scope of things you Mm. know Uh, but people only want to experience one part of life and just like reject all the other aspects you then you are a, a very you know, misinformed person mm. uh, emotionally and psychologically if you can only cope with one state of things. Mm. You know, stuff is going to suck. Who are you when stuff sucks? You yeah. Know? That's a lesson too. Um, and that's when uh, toxic positivity, uh, you know, raises like head is when you can't cope with any other state. But uh, to be a full human, you need to see yourself in all aspects. What do you think informs who you want to be in the future? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's a big question, man. Uh, there's still, you know, little, the little boy in me who stared up at the stars and still wants to go to the moon. He, he's still like a bunch of goals in there uh, and, and ambitions in my mind, which are, which are his. 
you know what I, what I realized about life is like when you're young like the goals seem so simple right like you want to go to the moon mm. the 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 part of your life that's really great is realizing that the moon looks different to everyone right and mm. the moon becomes the head of a really great startup the moon mm. becomes you know climbing up the corporate ladder for some people being yeah. like the highest you know form of achievement you know the moon changes yeah being happily married exactly. uh, all these different things yeah. become the moon and the moon is different exactly exactly um yeah so it's exactly that there's like things which are core to me then my need to like fulfill um my curiosities um mm. you know that informs a lot of my future self you know being in a position where I can afford those freedoms to just be intellectually curious and all those things. But I'm less tied down to things as I used to be. You know, even psychological time, I need to do this when I'm 30, this at 40, less tied down to all those like specific things. The greater thing just that I want freedoms and I want to be able to serve other people too. And that's really what informs it. And that shifts from time to time. Like with, with uh, the writing, how that's born from, you know, wanting to be a coach in the future. And, you know, I can't do that right now, so what can I do right now? And uh, I was listening to this amazing, uh, 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 amazing to me, podcast um, uh, from, uh, what's his, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, um, Seth. Uh, Seth. Gordon? Seth Gordon, yes. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about a, uh, a white elephant, uh, which uh, there was a, like an emperor who had like white elephants mm-hmm. and they were revered, but being gifted a white elephant was a, a horrible thing because uh, you can't sell them. Uh, they are expensive to look after. You know, now it's just like this burden, hand it over to you. Um, and uh, he then asked, if you know, you asked, what would you do if you were gifted a white elephant? You know, and most people, ah, oh, damn, I would uh, try to sell it or all this and all that. But then the answer that he landed upon, which really resonated with me, is that um, if it's truly a gift, you need to be able to not accept the gift, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I am writing now with the ambitions to give to my future self the space to become a coach because that's what I believe I want to become. But in 10 years' time, I'm like, actually, I'm disillusioned with all of that. Uh, I, I'm not going to fall to the, you know, sunken cost fallacy of like, ah, oh, but I've been writing all these years mm. for this thing. Because if it was a gift, you should be able to say no, right? So I'm, I'm less tied down to what the future looks like, uh, what the next version of me looks like. Uh, it's more of a constant conversation with myself as to what does the best vision of myself look like now? Mm. Am I am I trending in that direction? If I am, I'm happy. Do you think purpose is a white elephant? Purpose? It can be. <laughs> That's the scary part. It can be. It can be. Because, um, you know, what is it? Who gives it to us? You know, can we rediscover it? Uh, I think purpose becomes a white elephant if we don't question it, you know, mm-hmm. if I spend my whole life feeling like my purpose is to serve others and I do, I pursue that to the detriment of myself and the people around me, um, then that's not a, it's not a gift. You know, that, that, that's a white elephant. Um, but if purpose can be questioned, 
and it's it's malleable and it's informed by lived experiences and what you know what you need to be in different seasons then purpose is a gift because then it truly informs life then when you're being intentional you know you know why you're being intentional you know you know where you're going you know it, it's it's that um it's that direction it's like a it's like sailing you know it's like a, you don't uh, you can't just like uh, if you're sailing with like with a like a sailboat you can't just go straight through uh, the water you need to like bend to the water allow the 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 waves drive in a specific direction and like mm. right along that and you might go back for a few kilometers because you know you hit a patch of water which is a bit aggressive and pushing you back in one direction but as long as you are still at the end of it after those little spirals going in the direction that you want to be going then you're still fine so if you allow your purpose to be that i think it's a quite a gift and i'd wish that on everyone <laughs> thank you so much is there anything you want to say as a last word um just uh you know this life thing is hard man right uh it's uh, the longest thing we do but it's still super short so to the best of your ability pursue things which are important to you question why they're important to you and if you find things to be important to you pursue them relentlessly every opportunity and that's really what we owe ourselves thanks so much to access previous episodes of this podcast but also again access to other shows on our network please visit lucha.com